Tom Parry, do you ever look back on the history of video games and think, oh, God, they missed a trick there with console naming? I think in general, console names have been pretty good. I think PlayStation's like an amazing name for a games console, isn't it? I won't disagree. Like I like I like PlayStation, but I was thinking this morning while I was sat there playing a new Metroid game. Mm-hmm. What if they were just called the N sixty four instead of the Ultra sixty four, instead of the Nintendo sixty four, the Super Duper Nintendo? The Super Duper Nintendo. Well, it'd be very fitting with Nintendo's usual naming uh, system. Exactly, sticking I mean, Super in front of everything. Think about it. You'd have Super Duper Mario. <laughs> Super Duper Metroid. Super yeah. Duper Soccer. Like, Super Duper Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Well, what's like, better than Super? Super Duper. It's one step up, isn't it? It is. Maybe we should rename this podcast. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Super duper. Are we going to enter like the second season after 265 episodes? We're going to say that's the end of season one. Now, season two is super duper Tom Attack. Maybe we do that after 300. Maybe after three, 300, we call it Super Tom Matt Attack. Super and after 300 more, we change the name again. Just to yeah. keep it, you know, keep it fresh after yeah, gotta almost keep it 10 fresh. years. Got, got to, um, you were telling me the other day that we're doing quite well in terms of listeners. You said, what, we're in the 25% top podcast. I can't believe yeah. that. Where? Where? I, I mean, well, it's just statistically speaking. Statistically. So I was reading some book on, like, podcasting because I want to try and improve the audio of something I was doing. Mm. And I was like, well, there aren't really any books on recording in the Danish library. There's plenty of them on podcasting. Um, and the reason for that is that there are literally like millions and billions of podcasts. And yeah. statistically speaking, Tom Parry, we are in a minority anyway, because most podcasts last five to six episodes for the people give up. Um, so that was kind of disheartening. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I've done podcasts before and none of them have gone past five episodes. But it also then went on to say that there was some guy they were interviewing in this book, which I think is called How to Start and Run a Professional Podcast or something along yeah. those lines. This is really inside baseball. But essentially what they said was when they were talking to this guy who sells ads on podcasts, if you look at the number of consistent downloads, if you're over 300, you're in the top 25% of podcasts. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It's yeah, a big I'll... jump to the, like, 10, the next one, yeah. but it's all right. And we don't own a penny. We don't, no. <laughs> We're missing out on lucrative business opportunities. Uh, I just like having a chat with you, Matt. Same. <laughs> and hopefully, you people out there, you silent audience, you, you like listening no, to us. No, hopefully we're informative, you know. I like to think we we are offering something to an audience. Beyond but we don't just... know, really. So let us know. <laughs> let us exactly. Know. That would be nice. Beyond like our sheer charisma and clear, perfect comedy timing. Um, what are we offering you? <laughs> we offering what you? would you like more of? Well, I think we could ads? probably do better with sort of posting more. I mean, if you want to um, 
get feedback. I suppose I should be using Twitter a bit more. One um, of us should, at least. I mean, I did but, at one point, and then I started using my own. So uh. Yeah, so uh, we post it on Twitter. Uh, you do? So if you want to drop a little comment, um, we'll one of our reply to one of our Twitter posts. We'll, we'll see. So if anyone's exactly. listening, do that, and then we'll know you're listening. If you want to hashtag engage, we will hashtag reply. <gasps> yeah, no, no we, we we surely will. Uh, yeah, we will. We like we like you, like us. Talk to us, whoever anyway. you are, whoever you are. We, we appreciate this is a, it. This is a side note, Tom. We should be having this conversation before C, before Super Tom Attack launches. Oh right, fine. yeah. Right, right well, now, we're in the middle of it. We're get on, throws. offer some really great content to our uh, listeners. Some hashtag content. I right. I can actually offer something of a a relative hot take. I mean, you know, only like a year later. Um. I played some VR games this week, Tom. Like, actual VR games. Oh, did you play in... that? Oh, on PlayStation VR? No, in one of them Oculuses. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, I have... Well, I, I was visiting my sister-in-law and her boyfriend, and they have a Rift. And they were just like, hey, would you like to play some Beat Saber? And I Oculus was like, Rift. Aren't they yes. called Oculus I Quest think, now? I think it is an Oculus Quest 2 they have, yeah. which is the, the super-duper wireless one. Yes, it is. I'm just double-checking that. Mm. Um, and they were just like, hey, do you want to play some Beat Saber? This is what we've been doing in our free time. And I was oh, like... This is all the cool kids do. It's Exactly. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, but you know me. I'm slightly rhythmically challenged. I'm not the most graceful dancers. And so they were like, oh, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, and so I, I played a bit of Beat Saber. I know that is not the most current game. And to be but honest, still very you, popular. I wasn't very good at Beat Saber, and I was a bit. I remembered playing it. I remember playing it once on like a play day thing, and I remember having fun playing Beat Saber. You know, you have your your Quest Two controllers in your hand, and essentially, much like a Guitar Hero or something, notes come at you down a lane, and you have to swipe your sword, either your left or right hand, in the mm. direction that box is to cut it as you're going along to a beat. It was okay. I I wasn't really in love with it. I found it quite difficult. There was a lot of... There were a lot of songs on... Especially, like, I, I could get through normal and easy quite easily. And then I tried to play one or two of the, the songs I actually wanted to do, like Weezer's Say It Ain't So. Mm. And they were all on hard difficulty. And there it became a lot of... A lot of like trying to move your head while doing cross-handed things in odd angles and this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, this isn't. Well, you not... wouldn't think of that song would be particularly difficult, would you? No, but it was just like lots of like waving your arms in opposite directions while doing your head. I think it just requires a bit more coordination than I really wanted in a rhythm game. If I'm totally honest. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I get you. I mean, I'm I'm quite happy with Guitar Hero for that sort of thing. I think that. I've actually played that again over Christmas with some friends, and it was like they were all saying, wow, you know, that's really fun. They obviously hadn't played it for years, and I hadn't played it for a little while. And they were like, wow, yeah, I remember how great this was, how much used to play these games. And I think coming back to it after a while away does sort of, it does hit you like, oh, yeah, it's the reason why these were so um, successful. 
at the time. And I think it just got oversaturated, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, it, they just kept releasing them. And I mean, there's only so many plastic musical instruments you can have. And when it got into, you know, there being Guitar Hero and Rock Band, obviously Rock Band improved on that original formula. And then Rock Band and Guitar Hero both had... They were both compatible, right? You yeah, no, that was... The, the, um, thank God they were, band. you know. Thank God you could use... Uh, I think pretty much they were all interchangeable. There might have been a couple of exceptions to that. Anyway, we're talking about VR. Sorry, I went off on that. Yeah, a, uh, no, it's okay. But I, I do I do like a good rhythm game, despite me not being great. Like Thumper, last year, I quite enjoyed. Hmm. But one game we played after... Um, we'd played a bit of Beat Saber and like they could clearly tell I wasn't really that into it and also the wife was struggling and she's definitely got more rhythm than I do. We played a game that I hadn't played before called Synth Riders Ooh. and Synth Riders is, is a very similar concept. It's um, you have you're in a lane and there are balls coming towards you instead <laughs> of like blocks because obviously they're trying to differentiate mm. it from Beat Saber but the left side is blue, the right side is purple, and then you can put them together to do gold ones, or you can. There's also green ones. So you got you blue decide. balls and golden balls. Yes, yeah. and and purple <laughs> balls and green balls sometimes, which is like oh, that's a bad condition. I wouldn't like yeah, to when, suffer from green when, balls. When the, you know, see a doctor if you have green <laughs> balls. No, but what happens is they fly towards you, and then you use whatever hand you hit them with first is like, okay, so you could go off a streak of like using your right hand and then go, oh, actually, I need a break. I'm going to use my left hand to do these green ones right. until the end of that cycle. You're out of it. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't require you to like hit them at a certain angle. You just have to like, almost it's just like punching them. Right, and yeah. I found that a lot easier. That's especially... what I'd hoped Beat Saber would be, you know, more just like hit out in a general direction and, but you have to be yeah, more precise. You have than that. to be precise. You have yeah. to like there are some at forty five degree angles. You have to swing at a forty five degree angle or right. a half angle. Right. These ones do that, but it isn't so much about making sure your sword has gone in that swing. You can just okay. like go, Oh shit. Um you know, you can kind of swing your arm to hit things in quick succession rather than having to like jiggle your arm back and forth to do the swing in motion. Mm-hmm. which I appreciated at the very least. Um, it allowed me to get in songs a lot more. Obviously, it being a PC game as well, they were able to download fan-made things. Oh, yeah. And there, obviously, the difficulty went up and down. Like, Mr. Roboto was on expert difficulty, much to my disappointment, so I couldn't do that. Um, they had uh, Galvanized by the Chemical Brothers, I couldn't do that. But, like... Just because there's so much stuff available on the fan things, just doing like stupid stuff like Tiffany, I think we're alone now, just because it was there and it was quite fun. Just to, you mm. know, just dick around and play these songs. I, I quite enjoyed it. You so weren't I, alone. I wasn't You had not. other people watching you. Were you I very conscious of that? Did, did that spoil your fun? But you, you obviously you know them all very well, so you didn't yeah. feel so I mean, self conscious. More so with. Beat Saber, hmm. I think, because like I said, it was I was getting frustrated, and I was aware that there were people watching me get frustrated, and so I was trying not to be frustrated with it. But I was like, I don't know this this game to me. For all the love, and I know a lot of people really like that game. It's just not my bag. It's just not no. what I'm looking for in a rhythm game. 
too back. much, uh, yeah, specific action. Yeah, exactly. But Synth Riders, I, I highly recommend. If you've tried Beat Saber and gone like, no, this isn't for me, Synth Riders well, there is we great. Go. I did also Tom Parry, just to get all my talking out of the way, because it's a VR section. I did finally get to play a bit of Half-Life Alex, mm. And that was very interesting. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, I've heard good so, things. Yeah, obviously, I, I really like Half-Life. I, I played Half-Life 1 back in the day on the PlayStation 2, ironically, not on the on the PC. And then I I played Half-Life 2 when the orange box came out and then subsequently played Episode 1. I, I'm not even sure I finished Episode 2, to be honest, because I kind of was a bit Half-Lifed out. Mm. But as soon as, obviously, Valve said, hey, we're, we're releasing Half-Life Alex," I knew there was a lot of the Campo Santo people who made Firewatch on this team. I was like, well, I bet this would be really interesting. And I can say I think it is perhaps the best example of the promise of VR that I have ever experienced. Like, I've talked on this podcast in the past about how the first time I'd played some, like, jetpack game in VR in EGX in London and that being quite interesting to be like, oh, well, I looked to the side and there was menus and all these kind of things you kind of expect from VR now. But it was just something really interesting about every door you interact with, you physically open the fucking door and Mm. go through. And when you want to interact with a button, you literally have to, like, the controller, like, extends the finger of the character as you reach out and you click the button then, which simulates your finger Uh, pressing. Next level VR, yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, I I cocked a gun. I put the magazine in, and that was yeah. really well done in a way that I was like, "Wow, this is really strange." I'm holding a gun. So like, I hear um, Resident Evil Four VR is similar. I have heard this too, to some yeah. degree. Yeah, because I've but, seen some some footage of that, and I've seen the, the acting you need to do, and they sound similar to what you're describing there with Half Life. Yeah, it's like I didn't really play much of it. I couldn't. I got into some, like, it was mainly puzzles where I was. There was a bit where your left hand is like a gravity glove instead of a gravity gun. And some of the motions there I didn't really get used to in the half hour or so I played of it. But honestly, like, even taking that headshot off after it, having, you know, wandered around this world and, like, played in it and, like, picked things up and like thrown things and dropped things over my shoulder and doing all this other stuff we were eating food afterwards and my brain was just like you're not in vr (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine that yeah i've never had that before i've never had that weird disassociation between taking a headset off you were so in that other other world that it began to feel real and then when you're in reality yeah yeah. And it, it didn't have motion sickness because obviously it's kind of got the blink controllers that you will have seen in other PSVR titles. And it at first it was a bit cumbersome to be like, oh, well, i got a point over there if I want to go over to that door. And then you oh, as opposed to actually it. moving in that world with a, yes. with a stick, you sort yes. of like move to that point, to that point, point yeah. to point kind of, right. And the, the reason for that is, I've heard explain is your brain will literally think you're poisoned. You just get motion sickness. Yeah, like, yeah I've experienced that. 
specifically in um, one of the PlayStation World's demos, yeah. uh, where I think you're in some sort of robot machine and it's first person and you're moving through a world and it is incredibly stomach churning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, we've talked about in the podcast before, like certain games, like very, very rarely, but certain games do give me motion sickness. Mm. For me, the two that completely knocked me on my ass were Duke Nukem Forever and <laughs> uh, Brutal Legend, weirdly enough. Well, it's Duke Nukem me... 64 for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I got it a bit, actually, with Marathon when they released that on the Xbox, was it? Or did I play I it on the app? I can't remember. I've never played I, Marathon. I... I tried to play marathon. I couldn't. It, there was something about it that just gave me motion sickness. I felt it coming on. I was like, no, I'm putting sure. this down. Yeah. But honestly, like, I once I'd gotten used to that, I was like, man, this like I can I can see this for the first time in a way that I think they've really cracked something with how, like I said, the promise of VR and what everything I was meant to be. Yeah. And I'm very curious, actually, what happens now with the PSVR 2, because yeah. there is a mode in Half-Life Alex where you can control it with head movement, so like you'll constantly move. And I was like, well, I don't really want to constantly move because I kind of want to look around and explore this space. Yeah. And my my sister-in-law's boyfriend was also just like, yeah, you might get a bit motion sick. So I was like, okay, I don't. I don't want to be motion sick while we're visiting guests. That would suck. So I just put it on the the other controls. But apparently PSVR 2 will have something that's not in the other headsets, uh, which is eye tracking. Hmm. So maybe there's a world in which, you know, you can actually you can focus by looking straight ahead and then move by right. looking. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious to see that. But I was very impressed. I'm really looking forward to next time we go there so I can actually play yeah. a bit more. I'd like to try it. I don't think I would invest in VR again after getting the PlayStation VR and never really using it. Yeah. Uh, That was like, when I look back on purchases I've made, I think, well, that one, it really wasn't necessary. But I was so intrigued and I so much wanted to try it. And I think initially it was kind of exciting, but I never feel the urge to go back and play a VR game. I'm just like, no, I I just don't fancy it. I honestly, I just don't think, right, any of the VR games I have played, beyond Tetris Effect, actually, I quite enjoy playing Tetris Effect. I like being enveloped in Tetris, yes. (laughs) I I don't think any of them were on the level of Half-Life Alex. And if if more games are developed to that peak of me actually feeling like I'm in a different world, then I would gladly play that again. Well, you know there's a One Piece VR game, don't you? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, there's a million other VR games as well. I mean, Thumper Thumper is also in VR. Like, there are other yeah. games, but, like, I don't I don't think with the current... But if you want to be in a world, it's like, oh, yeah. that's quite an um, inviting prospect to be in that particular world. Yeah. Uh, also, what else have we got? Yeah, there's so many. There's that Star Wars Darth Vader one. I've often been intrigued. Uh, with yeah. trying um but again you know if it's on the original vr playstation vr i'm not sure how much i'm going to get out of it so I exactly steer for, clear. Me, for me it just feels like it's just going to be like an on-rail shooter or something along those lines it doesn't really feel like it's going to be anything exciting mm. yeah okay so that that was our vr section 
We haven't yeah. uh, done one of them for a while, not since probably we were first experiencing the PlayStation, the PlayStation VR. No, definitely yeah. not. I mean, it has been a long time since we've done that. But hey, we're not. Goes. Yeah, some people are really into VR. I, th- I guess. Uh, yeah, not having these uh, actual devices ourselves, the, the Quest, for instance. Um, yeah, we, we don't talk about it often, but maybe, maybe in the future we'll talk about it a bit more. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. In the future it'll come up mm-hmm. a bit more. So, Matt, have you done that PlayStation uh, year review thing? No, I haven't. Where do so, I do that? So if you go on uh, Twitter, you go on my Twitter, for instance, and then you'll yeah. see my one. There's a link to it. You should be able to do your own through that link, I imagine. Okay. That'll be. Let's do it live. Let's do it live on the podcast. Let's find out what Matt's top games of 2021 were, what most played, and there's several I, of the stats as well. I mean, I'm gonna make an assumption you're talking about Final Fantasy, it's probably Final um, Fantasy 14 by yeah. a long shot. I imagine. But, this is fun though, isn't it? As long as you can remember your PlayStation password, because it will probably ask you for that unless you're already logged in. I'm going to read it out loud, of course, on the podcast <laughs> as I type it. Absolutely. So the way you do that, I can tell you what mine were. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so let's have a little look, shall we? So it starts off telling you how many hours you've played for, and I have a total of 206 hours in 2021. Oh, God, I don't want to know how many hours I've played my PlayStation. Uh, we move down, and it will tell you the breakdown of um, between which consoles. So 91% of my playtime was on a PS4 uh, 9% on a PS5. Yeah. No surprises there. Um, hours played locally, 50. Hours played online... Oh, sorry. Hours played locally, 102. That's 50%. So, of course, hours played online, 104, 50%. So I've spent half my time being online, and, and uh, I can explain that by every Thursday I play online. Oh, that's uh, true. So I do I... that regularly. So, moving down the list, yeah, I've played 66 games this year. That's not completed, that's just played. So, uh, I think that's been slightly higher than a few other people I know. Uh, because most people just stick to a few games, don't they? Whereas we're trying all sorts of things. Yes. Um, so, I'll give you my top five games. 10 hours on Black Ops 4, that'll be because I play it online. Yeah. Or I did at one point. Gran Turismo Sport, 14 hours, play it online. Worms yeah. WMD, 20 hours, play it online. Soul mm-hmm. Calibur for 31 hours, I played that online and offline. And okay. my the most played game was played entirely online, pretty much, and that was Fallout 76 with 51 hours. Interesting. There you go. Um, 218 new trophies, some of this isn't very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I've I've got into mine, Tom Parry. Good. We want to hear want right. to hear yours now. What was what was the your hours total? Oh, it's, what was it? I can't remember now. I only said it a second ago. Two hundred and six. My hours total was four hundred and eighty-three. Yeah. So I knew you played games more than I do. So I mean, it's interesting though because I I don't feel like I've really played games that much last year, mm. which is well, like 
What's interesting yeah. is it is just PlayStation, so I've played quite a lot of Xbox as well, which isn't counted towards that. So I've played more than 206 hours. It's only oh, that's 206 I... on PlayStation. And then you've got Switch as well, so... Yeah, I, to be fair, like I've not really played that much Switch either. I think all of my gaming, if I've done any, has been on the PlayStation. Mm. More oh, interestingly, yeah. though, I actually have a 43% split in favour of the PS5 and a 57% split on the PS4. Mm. I, I, I don't get this because it says apparently I spent two hours gaming online and I know that's absolute horseshit because I know I've played lots and lots of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, so what's that all about? I don't know. It says 481 hours played locally, which I don't understand. Fascinating. I had a problem with the Xbox stats when they came out. It told me that my most played Xbox game of all time was Dirt 2. I went on the other day and I realised I, I played like two races on it. And I'm like, yeah. well, it's obviously not the most played Xbox 360 game. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. Some of these things can go a bit askew. It says I played 15 games. And yeah, 15. No, no surprise, Final Fantasy XIV, um, 220 hours total. Yeah. Um, then Returnal. Apparently I played 67 hours of Returnal. Wow. That's a, I mean, to be fair, so, right? Returnal was my drop in and play for like an hour game for a long time mm-hmm. until I beat it, until I got that platinum trophy. Uh, third, Persona 5 Strikers at 33 hours. Control at 32 hours, which is interesting, seems I spent 32 hours playing a game I don't necessarily like. <laughs> um, I 371 new trophies. Da, 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 da. It doesn't really matter. And then there's just stats on like Ratchet and Clank and stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's just random stuff. It's not directly related to uh, you. Yeah, I. Yeah, it. It's just got yeah. Because I was about to say, I was like, I haven't. I didn't play Death Stranding Director's Cut, and there was no, no, that's like that. popped up on mine as well. I also yeah. Destruction All Stars, and I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Who cares about Destruction? But they All-Stars? seem to be um, PlayStation's chosen games to highlight within this wrap up. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's because they were played by lots of people or what, but you can get avatars through doing this of those particular titles if you want, want oh, really? to download them. Yeah, there's a link somewhere on that page to download some avatars to your uh, account. To be fair, I I would potentially download some Returnal avatars if that was. An yeah, option. I think you get a Returnal one. Yeah. I think those images you see on the site uh, with the uh, games within the uh, shapes, the yeah. PlayStation shapes, I think you get those as avatars. Oh, interesting. Anyway, that was a bit of fun, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That's but actually, very... yeah, I realised uh, after double-checking that I play Biomutant more than Fallout. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I think I played that quite a few more hours than, than Fallout 76. Didn't you say you've got like 100 odd hours in Fallout? Or what did you say? I've got 51 hours. Ah, uh, okay. So I think Biomutant's probably just above that, I would say. I can't imagine it's uh, too is much there really, above Is there really that much to do in Biomutant? Well, there's enough to play it for, for that long, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Uh at least we want to get all the trophies and all that, so or, or achievements. Makes sense. So there's there's plenty of games on on my list uh, that I've played during the last week that 
Sorry, on on that list, I played Jordan the last week. Uh, So I started God of War. Yeah. And I've actually started it previously, uh, a few years ago. And I played like the first hour. So I I pretty much just did that again. Because for some reason, even though I've got the PlayStation 4 save on my PlayStation 5, it did not recognize it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, But it's all right. It's only an hour in. So it's actually quite good to start from the beginning again. Have you played God of War? Uh, yes, I did. I played it not long after. No, I can't. I have. I've definitely played it. I was about to say I played it not long after it came out, but that's a lie. I played it about a year after it came out. So how far did you get with it? Did you get very far? I got a couple of hours into it. I had to take it back to the library. So I, it's been one of those games that I've been meaning to go back and play since. No, no, I know I have now, but it's like. (laughs) I I need to I need to go and do that. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have those games that you can just download just by owning a PS5, isn't it? That's what that's one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, so my my feelings on God of War, wow, it's impressive. I'm playing it in the enhanced PS5 mode because when you start yeah. the game on PS5, it asks you, do you want to play the PS4 version or the PS5 version? It's been so long since I've played the PS4 version. I can't tell you exactly the difference. It says the difference is this is now running at 60 frames per second, and obviously it's in 4K. So, yeah, there's a lot of detail on screen, um, and it was very impressive to look at. I did think for a moment, is this the best-looking game I've ever seen? You know, Because I think I said the same thing about um, Last of Us 2 the other week. Yeah. But it certainly is up there, and to think this was running absolutely fine on the PS4 as well, is like I think when it's running on a console, you don't know that it could do that on. You know, yeah. for ex- when you pl- like when I f- Grand Theft Auto Five on the PS3 or something like that. You know, it's sort of like wow, this is impressive. Uh, but when you're playing something like that on a um, newer console, it doesn't have the same feeling, does it? Because you know, oh, well, no. I know this can run on the last generation, you know, very well. So uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a very smooth experience. Uh, it's different that it's not an open world game, isn't it, God of War? I'm yes. thinking it's like it's it's a linear progression. Mm-hmm. Lots of things to sort of customize. That was all a bit bewildering, you know. I, I didn't really get into that side of the game. Just following the story, enjoying the uh, dialogue between uh, Kratos and uh, what's his name, the boy, Atreus. Atreus, I think yeah. is his name. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where the story's going to go. I thought the gameplay was incredibly polished, presentation as well. Um, I, I found it quite difficult on the um, regular difficulty, actually. I, yeah. I got up to a point just after you fight the uh, the dude, the, the stranger the, he's called, that comes yes. to your house and yeah. and says, are you, you know, him, you know, uh, always found me. Kind of thing because I get the feeling like he just wanted a quiet retirement, you know. Kratos, yeah, like, he did settle down here and he suddenly thrust into this uh, world again. And so it's just after that, there's, there's a big another battle with a load of enemies, and uh, they're pretty tough. And I think the difficulty curve started to, you know, get a bit steeper yeah. at, that, at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll return to it, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check that out, it's on um, the Blast Process YouTube page, the first hour. As I say, I, I mostly enjoyed Kratos' voice. That was my favourite thing. Boy! Yeah. Boy! I <laughs> yes. 
But uh, yeah, no, God of War, it's been out for ages. Of course, I'm only talking about it now. <laughs> so it goes, don't worry. I mean, this is what we do on this podcast. I mean, my hot take was Half-Life Alex. I, I have another hot take, Tom, if you're ready, oh, if you can, yeah, if you can I take think all I'm these hot takes. just about ready for it. Played about an hour of Metroid Dread this morning, finally. Uh-huh. With, yeah. you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus on the horizon. I was like, well, I, thought, I should probably play the last Nintendo game I saw that you were play. playing Metroid Dread as I was playing Nirvana Pilot Yume. I saw you pop yeah. up and you were yeah. playing it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like it. Um, Matt Boyle's classic statement of 2022. That sure is a Metroid game, Tom. Um, <laughs> I heard Doesn't break that... the mould, then. Well, yes and no. I I think I think a lot of what it's doing is definitely expanding on what the original Metro team did on the GBA game Metroid Fusion. I think a lot of the stuff with the Emmys reminds me of a much more involved the version. Emmys. Yes, uh, not Emmy. not the event. No, the... Emmy is the big robot things that stalk uh, you around the world. I've seen them in the trailer. Yes. Um, the things that look like they come out of that their portal, speaking of Valve. I do um, very much, yeah. Yeah, the, there was S-A-X, I think was the name of the thing in the last game. Like the weird like zombie Samus with this X-Virus that you're essentially forced to run away from Which Sam. Which is the last game? Metroid Fusion is the last game in the... Oh, in this continuity. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, and so, like, that game had a lot of, oh, shit, you've got to run away from this thing because you can't kill it. Here they've made that into, like, the core gameplay mechanic from what I've seen so far. And a lot of it has been, well, you can't kill these things. And as I'd heard from many reviews, if you get caught by one of those things, you're fucking dead. I've mm. not managed to get the timing correct to not die. I've heard everybody say exactly the same thing about that countering timing. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It is honestly like... Fortunately, the game kind of knows how stupid it is because it's, it's very good at like quick-saving you nearby for like retries. Mm. But man, like I... One little mistake and you are nailed. Like yeah. there is no way about it. Like the the game flat out tells you when you're in these areas, your only thought should be survival, and that is absolutely true. They they haven't mm. so far put a lot of enemies or like weird shit in those areas that will get in your way. It is purely like quick platforming at those times. Sounds a bit stressful. You would think so, hmm. but no, not really. It it becomes more irritation, like I said, if you if you fuck up a jump timing and then you land on an Emmy, which I did one time, and then you just immediately get killed. I'm like, oh, that's, that seems a bit shitty. I think Emmy sounds really cute. It sounds like a shortened version of Enemy. Yes. Doesn't it? I don't know if that's yeah, pro- intentional. Probably is. I was thinking about this earlier. I was just like, um, Ridley is clearly a riff on... Alien. Alien, yeah. Hmm. It's just like, I think a lot of Japanese games do this. I saw some. Oh, it's the same in in anime, isn't it? In manga. Yeah, I saw. I mean, especially JoJo. If you started reading that, yeah, like every everyone is a rock band. I saw someone post on Twitter the other day um, that they had bought like the guide for the original Kid Icarus on the NES, the Famicom one from Japanese, 
and they were reading the katakana under two of the enemies and one of them is called um phil and the other one's collins so <laughs> there you go you should you should really get into icarus kid icarus wow. apparently uh, visible touch was number one that year in japan and so they're just like oh this can't be a coincidence I, i've got this uh film that phil collins was in he's a major role in it uh, the villain in a film called frauds with hugo weaving and uh, a description on the back of the, the VHS box says, Hit Brit Phil Collins. And I like that. <laughs> this was a VHS uh, released in Britain as well. Hit Brit. Hit Brit. So obviously that's text is straight from the American like uh, synopsis yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, clearly. But I love that. Hit Brit. What is it with Phil Collins and being in loads of like crime-related shows? He doesn't... Yeah, I mean... he's... Plays a bad guy in, in, in frauds, yeah. I mean, he's also in Buster, where he is a professional criminal. Like... <laughs> Casting Phil Collins as criminal. He's got that Cockney Geezer thing going on, hasn't Yeah, he? I guess so. There's a bit of Bob Hoskins <laughs> in him, isn't there? So... Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's a complete tangent. <laughs> all in all, though, I, I'm quite enjoying it. It is... I... Honestly, it feels like more a continuation of Metroid Fusion than I was expecting it to. It doesn't have... A lot of the nicer quality of life stuff that I've kind of come to expect from a Metroidvania, like Hollow Knight, for example. And I was actually quite surprised how it could just be the start of this game. I know that there are lots of articles out there, or at least there were about the time this game came out, about like sequence breaking and everything else, about how you can you can circumvent certain areas and get upgrades before you should. And that the Nintendo team kind of knew you could do that, and so like you can kill bosses easier, and then things will happen. Like in, they got special animations to like reward you for your efforts. But so far, it's felt very linear. Like the game clearly wants you to go a certain path, mm-hmm. and not so much in a. Well, what I remember of playing a Metroid game, admittedly, I've not played an original Metroid game since Fusion, and that was a long bloody time ago. You didn't play Zero Mission. Oh no, I did play Zero Mission afterwards. Yeah, 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 Yeah. you're right. But I played that. I played that the last couple of years. But anyway, point is, from what I remember of Metroid, there was there was one or two bits where you'd like fall down a thing and go, "Oh well, clearly the game wants me to explore this area because there's clearly a power up." Yeah, I feel that style of like oh we are going to literally guide you and hold your hand to this one particular area uh-huh. is a bit more prominent but also a bit more obscured because it's like well we're going to clearly like you can't leave this area so you need to find the way out we're not going to fucking tell you where it is and it's like okay fine it i've not had so much of that old feeling of metroid of seeing an energy tank and going right i need to come back here when i've got the morph ball clearly like there's lot there's lots mm. of little indicators like Would that you say the world. it's lost something by uh you know taking this different approach uh, i mean at least at the start for me it feels a bit more a bit more forced and therefore mm. i think the enemy encounters are a bit more frustrating because so maybe that's the start that. I, I it could very well be that's just to ease you into the Okay. I mean, I'm literally in the first area. I've beaten the first yeah. boss. I, I don't... I'm hoping after this the game will expand in the way that we used to in games like, honestly, just even as far back as Super Metroid. Like, I just want that ability to kind of run around and do things. Or maybe, to be honest, maybe because I've played things like Hollow Knight where you can really kind of truly go anywhere. Yeah. 
maybe this just feels a bit too constrained for me now. I'm not too sure, but it's definitely fucking hard. If you're looking for a challenging game, I would say give Metroid Dread a look if you haven't already. Uh, remind me, did you cover uh, Metroid 2 on Biographic? I seem to remember you did. I or not? never did. No, I started recording it, but the thing the thing that held me back from doing it was I want, when I cover a game, obviously I kind of want to do everything, and I was like, oh, have I got the time and mental energy to try and fucking speedrun Metroid 2 to get all of the endings where Samus is like not dressed in armor and all of this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Too daunting of a task, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. So while you were playing that, I was playing Nirvana Pilot Yume, which is uh, a game that you recommended uh, yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really clever concept, actually. Um, the idea of combining a racing game with a visual novel but it's not really a race game. It's more of an obstacle course, yeah. I suppose, yes. and then actually having the two things so intertwined in that if you do well at the racing, if you do well at the talking, sorry, then that actually aids you in the racing because yeah. you have this um, meter that shows you how well uh, synced you are with with the the pilot because mm-hmm. the the concept. Is to remind listeners who maybe haven't heard that episode is that you pilot the ship through a sink with a a, a a human pilot. Yes. So you're sort of like this faceless sort of trainer. You're like a trainer. Yeah, basically. you're a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now to say nothing about the sort of uh, sexual overtones of the game. Yeah. Uh, I guess that is an incentive to to keep you playing, isn't it? I suppose uh, in a way that if you do well, you might get a sexy situation. Well, I mean that's the, that's just them using like visual novel tropes, isn't it? Like... Yeah, yeah, and and certainly I would not say this is a game that uh, kids should be playing because you know they do imply a lot. Even the whole idea of them uh, sinking some of the dialogue is sort of like I liked having you in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like yeah. I said to you, this is clearly where like people who would have been making like the slightly risque European comics like twenty years ago have now gone yeah. into games. It seems. Yeah, um, it's not explicit though. At least not anything that I've particularly witnessed in the game. Even, no, even it though isn't. it's quite clear what's happening in some situations, it's not, it's not um, portrayed in an explicit uh, way. Well, like I. I Again, it's like European comics. It's just like a lot of implied stuff and a lot of like. Yeah, I think it's absolutely posed. fine. It, it it it's a bit naughty. It's a bit naughty. Yeah. Uh, but that does sort of add to the uh, the experience of of playing the game. So um, I would I would say it's quite difficult. I find myself failing a lot on the different courses. As when you're yeah, piloting same. the ship. Uh, you fall down holes. It might be difficult to see where the obstacle is before it's too late. Yeah. It just appears in front of you, and so you sort of have to replay. I suppose that's part of the way the game's designed, because it gives you so many chances based on how well you've done the interactions, because that yes. gives you your sync percentage, and your sync percentage is directly linked to the amount of ty- tries you've got within a course. Uh, but it is very playable. Yeah, um, it is. And it does feel quite so. original as well mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, I would say that there's um, the dialogue is sort of, it's obviously been translated from another language, hasn't it? Because I it think, feels a bit iffy at times. I think the <laughs> original, 
the guy who created it, I think, was Italian when I Yeah, because there's Italian, I think maybe French and English yeah. um, options on, on the game. Uh, so sometimes the dialogue is worded a bit weirdly, but there are some twists and turns in the plot which actually do get you invested in the, in the game. Yeah. So I think for the 89p, well, I think I got it for free with my Nintendo points, it, it is really something to experience, you know. Um, as long as you're the right age, not 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 our little listeners, but I don't think we have children listening to this this podcast anyway. I don't think so either. But <laughs> hey. So uh, yeah, if if it's it's sort of like also I would say the visual aesthetic of the obstacle courses, as I, as I'll call them, because that's essentially what they are. As you part the ship from behind, little like F zero, but you obviously have to jump and avoid walls and stuff. Actually, it's probably similar to Race for the Sun, if you've yeah. ever played that. Sort of like an endless runner type thing. Mm-hmm. The visuals were very nice. The music is incredible. Special props to the the music there, and the um, the look of it reminded me of Keffer on the CDI. So any uh, CDI fans, that sort of minimal three D uh, dodging uh, obstacles type thing, it, it's very much like Keffer on the CDI. So for me, that was like, oh, I really appreciated that element of it. So probably the, the the best freebie I've had in a while. I don't know, best eighty nine p you might might spend. I think that's the sale price. It was on no, sale. That's the thing. I I paid Lots. like no more than a quid for it. Like yeah, for that, give it a look. I I don't think it's it's a, a unique game. experience. I don't know if people. Are, how did you find out about it? I literally just looked just took at a the chance. Switch sales and like yeah. clicked search, and it was really cheap. And I was like, oh well, I'll just grab a load of cheap games and see if there's anything good here. Yeah, so maybe that's a, a, a Tom and Matt attack uh, hidden gem. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say hidden gem. I don't think it's like I don't think it's an amazing game. It's I... a unique experience. It's not an amazing game, but it 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 does more than some I've played some cheapo games. Um, another very cheap game I actually really enjoyed was Iron Snout. Okay. Okay, so I just took a, a punt on this. It's another really cheap game. Basically, you're a pig. You're centred in the middle of the screen. Enemies will come at you from left and right, and sometimes they'll jump into you. Uh, You use the analogue stick to direct your attacks in the direction the enemies are attacking. So basically, you just have to fend them off. And they're wolves attacking the pig, and they've got knives and things. And then sometimes when you hit a wolf, they'll drop a knife, so you can pick up the knife and then throw it at the next... uh, When Just automatically when you attack in that direction when holding a knife, you'll throw the knife... And you can create all these big combos, and it's really easy to play. So all you have to do is use the analog stick, right, and just move it in the direction of the attacker. And it's it's funny, and it's simple, but it's satisfying. I've got to be honest with you. Looking at the art of this game, I never would have picked this up in a million no, years. No, no, no. Well, I can't recall what it was. The price was a big factor in my decision to pick this up. But I, I think I took a look at the trailer and I just thought, hang on, this does look like a fun pick-up-and-play game. You know, like a mobile phone game, really. Yeah. Um, but it is very satisfying. Okay. So I, I would say, if that sounds like your thing, then Iron Snow is worth a look. Fair enough. Don't, don't you love cheap Switch games? Well, if you get good ones. I, I'm fairly happy that uh, I've, I've picked up two good ones there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a gamble, isn't it, when you look at cheap <laughs> games on the Switch? Because, like, some of them look terrible. But, like I said, 
I would never have picked a buying snout. So good on you, Tom Parry, for diving in there and yeah. uh, finding something decent. Yeah. Uh, also played My Hero 1 Justice 2. I have that on the Switch. Yeah. So this is a My Hero Academia fighting game sequel. Arena Fighter, as we talked about in great length in, in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, plays very similarly. Similarly. I can't say the word similarly. Similar. Fuck, I can't either. Similarly. 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 <laughs> it's similar to the previous one, but there's more characters in it. But the thing is, I couldn't do certain moves I could do. There's a lot of projectile attacks uh, that I c- Deku... I've called him Deku because I can't remember his uh, Japanese name, his proper name. Mid- Midiru? I, Midiru? Mid- Midori, isn't it? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Anyway, uh, he had different moves in the first game, and I can't, in the tutorial, it never tells you how to do his like, projectile attacks and such. Yeah. So uh, that was a bit weird, but still it plays the same, and uh, it's a good game. I mean, it looks really good on Switch as well. I found this with uh, Dragon Ball... Uh, Fighter Z as well. Yeah. Um, that on the Switch, it still looked really good. Um, and yeah, this is another case. It's got, you know, it's got low times, of course. Uh, but uh, it's it, it's it's another good one. Happy okay. to have that in the fighting game collection. I've got three more just to briefly talk about. But Matt, anything else you've been playing? This? Honestly, those that is me for this week. Those are the games yeah. I played. I have been playing Wordle every day. I've not Wordle. About I've it heard on of the this. Podcast. Um, yeah. I've I've literally been doing this since at least the first of January. I think I started doing it a little bit before over Christmas. But essentially, it is a. Remember Tom Parry when I covered the the game Lingo on Biographic? No. That classic episode. <laughs> I can't re- I can't um, it it is a British slash German game show, and like Lingo is essentially there's a round in Lingo where you get you have like five spaces and you have to guess a word in six tries using right. just five letters. Wordle okay. is that. It is literally every day at twelve o'clock local time you get a random word and you need to type in things um i will spoil today's wordle tom parry so i apologize to you if you would like to look at wordle um so what you do is you get a little grid that looks like this and yeah you, you type you type in letters so generally i send to start with a word like ideas um because it contains a lot of vowels and some common things. I used to start with after, but the, that word kind of screwed me over a lot. And then essentially what happens is if you get one of those letters correctly, it will, if it's in the correct place, it will be green to say like, hey, this is where this letter goes. Or if it's yellow, it will turn, uh, if it's yellow, it means like you've got the right letter, but it's not in the right place. If it goes grey, it means that letter isn't in the word and it kind of greys it out on your keyboard as well so you don't make that mistake, which is nice. So essentially what you're trying to do then is just through using words and going like, okay, what other words do I know that I could use a lot of really common letters up very quickly? You're trying to just randomly guess using the information the game gives you at this five-letter word. So, for example, today I got I typed in ideas. So the I itself was yellow, and then there was 
After that, I typed in the word pillow, which gave me an I and a P, so I knew that the I wasn't in the first place, and the, the P was also correct. Then I put in trippy, which gave me the R and the I in the second place, but also said the P's correct still, but you've not got it in the, the right place. The place, so you also get the place, but... Yeah. You get the place, yeah. If it's green, it tells you, like, this is the exact place this should be. If like battleships. Yes, but if it's yellow, it tells you, like, you've got the right letter, it's just not in the right place. And then mm. from trippy, I went to crimp, because I only had so many letters. I was like, well, I have no idea of something that ends in a P. Let me think of all the letters that I know that ends oh, in so P. It's, it's like a crossword. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. It's just a fun little word puzzle game. Yeah. It doesn't take too much effort. It's just one of those things that, you know, if you've got a couple of minutes while you're whiling away, you're waiting for the coffee or in the loot or something like that, it's just a, a fun So where did this play. come from? So, essentially, there was lots of stories around this. I believe the guy's British um, and he just wanted to make a word game for his, his wife or his girlfriend who really liked word games. Right. And so he created an app. He created it's a web based thing, so anyone oh. can play it on any format. Um oh. I believe the website is uh powerlanguage.co.uk forward slash wordle W O R D L E. Um yeah, you just go there and it's just a new one every day. Um I think why it started to spread so much is because they've done a very clever thing with how you share it afterwards. Okay. Um, is that you will have probably seen this, even if you... On Twitter. Don't. Yeah, on Twitter. Mm. You will have seen people, it'll be like, Wordle, 128 today, four of six. And then yeah. it'll pretty much, using the the coloured square emojis, yeah. tell you where you were. And I've seen loads of people say, this looks like Luminous in certain situations. And yeah, else. yeah, it does. Yeah, I have seen it. I've seen yeah. you uh, post, I think. I, I posted it once or twice, and I was like, oh, actually, my timeline is becoming full of Wordle, so I'm not going to post it. Cause <laughs> I, what, I do, what I do now, though, is it's quite nice, because like, I play it with my brother. Like, I, share it, I share it with my brother, and I share it with some other friends. Like, oh, what did you do today? And then we we talk Wordle strategy. It's, it's, it's just a nice little... <laughs> Just a nice little, like, five-minute, like, oh, I got it in four today, and some days you get it in two. I got it, yeah. I got it And two. you like that it's a daily thing that you can do this, like a routine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not, it doesn't take up a lot of time by any no. means. Like you, it's a little it's sense just, of achievement. Yeah, it's just a little fun thing to do, you know? It's just like a little get up and go, a little thing to perk up your day a little bit. <laughs> Sounds good. Maybe I shall give it a go. Give it a go. Uh I'll talk very briefly about the next few games. I can't really have much to say, but uh, I played Pirate Warriors 2. I think that was the only one. This is One Piece, by the way, again. Oh, yeah, uh, we so assumed. This is, this is the only Pirate Warriors game that I hadn't played yet. So this doesn't start from the beginning. It's its, its own original story. Yeah. I think it's in t- called Dream Story. Okay. Uh, it's the mode for, for the story mode. And you just get catapulted up into the air through a jet of water that the sunny. Right. I mean, I guess this is the second ship because I'm yeah. only on the uh, merry go or the going go, merry go or whatever merry, they yeah. want to call it. Um, it's got two different names. They, they, they refer to it as different things occasionally. Uh, so, yeah. You get, and then there's like a god up in the clouds. I don't know if this is a character from One Piece that I just haven't seen yet. No. Like a cloud god. Um, and he's oh. fighting in the clouds. Yes. And he uses lightning. Yes. 
Okay. It's a character, yeah. So it calls it an original story, but this does seem like it, it does tie in with the actual One Piece story. Well, I, I guess they're not going to create individual new characters, are they, for a game? Although I think well, the world explorers or whatever the hell that, that PS4 World, world Seeker? World Seeker did. Yeah. I think there's a unique character in that, but generally speaking, no, I don't think okay. they're going to get Yeah, so you've got, you've got that guy and you've got Smoker, who seems to be prominent in One Piece later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that character sounds great with the two cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so it plays really well. I mean, like the other Pirate Warrior games I've played, but uh, if you want one that will follow story from the beginning then uh, don't get Pirate Warriors 2 get either 1 or 3 yeah to be fair this sounds like it's about 100 episodes in I mean even though they're saying it's a unique story like those are characters obviously that are in One Piece um, yeah and you will you will meet them later on your One Piece journey, Tom Parry. But I'm interested to actually play that now because I know where it is, and I'm like, okay, I've passed that. There's no spoiler. Oh right, yeah. So you could play that one and not feel like you're lost. You could play four as well because that. Well, the beginning, no, the I've prologue. Seen, I've seen the cover of four, Tom. I know okay. there's characters in it. The, the are, prologue yeah. is sort of a uh, must be more current, but then you're suddenly thrust into the uh, second big story arc i think is it Al- yeah. Al- oh, i can't remember i said it's the other week alabasca or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. anyway good game again the whole series quality uh i played destiny 2 started to get into that on thursday nights with friends uh i don't know it's just more destiny isn't it very much so like i said <laughs> if you want to play some deep prop galactic i'm more than well, happy to play some we deep did prop actually galactic. sample that as well yeah um until we all died, and I said, oh, let's just play Destiny. But, um, yeah, I like that very much. Rock and Stone all the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, got a lot of uh, pleasure out of pushing in the analog stick and repeatedly saying Rock and Stone. Rock and Stone. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see the appeal of uh, the first person mining, uh, go and get this particular, so much this particular stone or whatever, isn't it? Mine all this. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, there'll be enemies and stuff you've got to uh, attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool concept and uh, it's got a nice uh, sense of humour as well. Uh, not overtly, I like... but I think there's there's character in there in, yeah. in the dwarfs, you know. For sure. Hmm. So yeah, I liked it and you're definitely up for for playing that again. And that's it, really. That's um, everything that springs to mind that I've played during the last uh, week. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that, oh, that's, that's it, I guess. That's it. And <laughs> you you don't want to pick up the new Pokemon game, right? That's my understanding. I, I have very little interest currently. Um, I'll be interested to hear what you think of it. Also, it's because, you know, I feel like uh, on a game I'm not so sure about, it's, you know, a full-price game. I've spent a bit on this and that recently. I, I feel like maybe I'll just hold off and find out if it's going to be something I'm wanting to play. I like I said, it looks like Breath of the Wild Pokemon for me. And yeah, that's a very intriguing concept. Well, you I see, think... I haven't played either Pokemon or Breath of the Wild for ages, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I still play Pokemon Go quite regularly. Yeah. Like there was a Bulbasaur community day yesterday, and I was like, I don't need any Bulbasaurs, and yet I found myself still walking outside and catching some Bulbasaurs. It, 
Yeah, I've sort of dropped off it. As I said before, I occasionally turn it on when I'm out and about, but I don't normally think about it. I mean, it was usually a thing that you used to play on lunchtimes in the office, though, right? Like there was Yeah, yeah, well, I always played it very casually. And then COVID happened and then kind of put an end to that. But we <laughs> we use it as a thing to just, you know, occupy us while we're going out for a walk and whatever. And Things like Community Day are fun, just to yeah. go like, oh, look, it's a perfect whatever. So I like I like Pokemon Go still. I yeah, well I I don't dislike it. I'm just not particularly invested in it. I just I just I, don't feel like I'm invested in Pokemon currently. I I, I mean I'll always appreciate Pokemon and uh, I, I'll always enjoy the the franchise in whatever way. But I I don't know. I mean I'm with you, man. Like I didn't even buy Sword and Shield. Like no. I bought Pokemon Snap because I was like, oh, I really enjoyed this first game and then true to Nintendo form, much like Mandra Dread. I was like, oh, this is just the N64 game. Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't. I played it once, believe it or not. I bought Pokemon yeah. Snap, and that's probably what's put me off um, the new game. Is I'm sort of like, I bought that, played it once, never played it again. And I'm sure if I went back to it, I'd get you know, some enjoyment out of it. But I've not felt driven to do so based on that first uh, go and that makes me question how into pokemon i i am currently i mean to be fair i I just don't think pokemon snaps a very good game is is what i will say i did the same thing at the time i loved pokemon snap on the n64 i was really into it i think it was Um, a newer novel yeah games have gone a long way since then is the issue yeah it's like a 20 year old game and they haven't really evolved the concept that's why I'm kind of curious about Arceus, because I was just like, well, I love Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is one of my favourite games of all time. And I think looking at that, like how open a sandbox that was to play in, and then combining that with Pokemon, I think could be quite cool. Also, to be honest with you, I'm just a sucker for some of those new forms. I think the Growlithe mm. looks adorable. I think mm. the Voltorb made of wood is amazing. Yeah, I like that it's a very different approach, isn't it? This is meant to be before everything, isn't it? This is yeah. the creation of the Pokedex. Apparently, mm. there is no Pokedex yeah. in this game. Well, it's I mean, like, Pokeballs are literally, like, just being invented. Wooden. Yeah, they're wooden, yeah. and they send up a little firework to let you know that you've caught the Pokemon. I think that's all very interesting and and feels very fresh and actually the gameplay also sounds like it's going to be fresh and interesting. I think mostly it's for me, my lack of interest is down to how bland it looks in terms of its visual presentation. Uh, I understand why they've gone for that because it's old world Pokemon and but yeah, nothing about it visually excites me in the slightest oh, like apart said, from the design you know as, yeah. as we talked about the, the, the it just reminds me of, of breath design. of the wild i'm sure there will be wonderful areas in it like my only fear for it is right is that the open world will be very small mm. and that they will fall into the trap of there being very little to do between the points bar catch pokemon well there gym battles in it i don't know i don't think yeah so. I, I, I watched some of a sort of overview of the gameplay and that's where I was, oh, yeah, this could be quite interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait and see on that one. I, I've not it's got fair. it pre-ordered or anything. I, I shall uh, I haven't, hold I've, off for uh, the time being. I'm going to, though, I think, because I saw that there was, like, exclusive Pokemon you could get if you pre-ordered. And I was oh, like, oh, that's fuck. not good. That's not going to convince me. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I'm going to get it anyway, so my guy may as well. So. Oh, they've got you, Matt. I know. It's out in three days. It'll be fine. I'm <laughs> going to buy it anyway, so it's all right. I yeah. never, I never pre-order as a rule unless it's a physical copy because getting them in your in Denmark is like getting rocking or shit these days. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I'll just pre-order it through the digital store and see what happens. Okay, cool. Well, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. You will next week. Mm, great. Okay, uh, if that is the end, Tom. I'm not going to belabor the point of talking about microsoft and activision because i don't really care oh gosh i actually forgot about it um at the time that was big news uh yeah we could go on about that but it's a business acquisition and what does it mean for microsoft and their uh, battle for supremacy over sony Uh, i don't know i I mean for me right like the one thing that kind of riles me up a little bit about it is that it, it, it's been pitched as like, oh, Microsoft believe in the metaverse. And I'm like, no, they're just buying a lot of IP, man. Like, it's, they're just trying to fucking strangle the video game market in the same way they strangled the PC market in the early 90s. Like, I can't, I can't see a world, right, where this benefits gamers more so than it does Microsoft. And that that's why I don't really care about it. I'm just like, this is a fucked up thing. Like I mean, f- for me, as a Game Pass subscriber, um, and for the fact that I do like Call of Duty, and Call of Duty's never been on Game Pass up to this yeah. point, I will more than likely download a Call of Duty to play on Xbox. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's what I'll get out of it, I suppose. And, yeah, and but- also, I'd love to play that Crash, new Crash game. I think if you're a Game Pass subscriber, the possibilities of some of these games coming to Game Pass is quite exciting. Be very welcome, at least. Maybe not exciting, but be welcome. From a Game um, Pass point of view, yes. Yeah. But it also then means that Microsoft increases their monopoly on the video game market. Like, are we going to get a place where if you want to play quote unquote real games, you've got to buy an Xbox and then the PlayStation also becomes a Nintendo platform where there will be like AAA Japanese games, but very little else on it. Like they've... Well, I, I was only playing God of War yesterday. I think the PlayStation brand has got a lot going for it, you know. Yeah, in terms but I mean, of exclusives. Other than other than this now, EA and Ubisoft are the two like big independent inverted commas triple A's that aren't owned by one of the major games publishers now. Yeah, it is interesting to see how things I'm, are changing. I'm curious to see if it goes through. Because, I mean, they had to fucking take it to court to make sure them buying Bethesda was legal. Yeah, I mean, they're only saying they've announced their intent, isn't it? Is it intent to acquire? And certainly, from Activision's side, that they're all in for this. Yeah, of course now, yeah, how is it going to pan out now during the the acquisition period? Is it all going to go smoothly? It's not. It's not going to fix the problems with Activision as a company. It's not going to, like I said, it's not going to help the games market diversify. If anything, it's going to push people towards Xbox or. Well, do you think that, with the influence of Microsoft, they 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 would push for better conditions at Activision? Eventually, I assume. But I mean, it's also just like they make a lot of games that are games as a service and everything else and i 
I can't see under Microsoft them loosening that. The only thing mm. I can imagine is perhaps the quality level under Microsoft might rise. I'm fucking no, Tom. Like, yeah, how, yeah I don't stuff. even know this how much. Hypotheticals. Yeah, I don't know how much say Microsoft have in the daily business of of Activision. Will, will they be able to tell them exactly what they want them to do? I mean, from my understanding, Bethesda kind of runs as an autonomous company within Microsoft. So I, yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. Um, I don't have any particularly strong opinions on it, but I, I will admit I was surprised. I did say, well, this is big news. You yeah. Know. Um, I, what it means exactly, I don't know at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I, as I said to someone else, like I don't play any of Activision's games. Like the, the closest I came to that in recent years was obviously Destiny and Overwatch, and I fell off Overwatch. I fell off Destiny, of course, but obviously Bungie is independent again. Yeah, it's yeah. no longer under Activision. But like... I I can't see a world where this is actually a good thing. If anything, I think this starts pushing back towards console exclusives in a way that I don't think is very good for gamers. And, you know, it's you're going to see... What's going to happen is you're going to see the flip side of fucking Microsoft going out there going like, yeah, we want our games available to everyone because they've already done it with Starfield. So I'm sure they're just going to go, yeah, you're going to get Black Ops 3 or whatever the fuck is next, Call of Duty, but then you got to buy an Xbox. Black Ops like, 3? I'm Black fucking Ops no time. I don't care. <laughs> point, my point is, like, they were all very well and going like, yeah, you should promote cross-platform multiplayer when mm. they were the second in the race, but now they're actually just fucking buying all of the potential, like... Well, I've read to statements to say that, that they will honour all current agreements... Yeah, I mean that, they did... that that Activision has with the console platforms, but yeah, that'll be until that particular agreement runs its course. Exactly. And then things may just change. You might see an exclusive Call of Duty. I don't, I don't know. Well, you go into. I honestly like. I can't... you don't think they would have spent all that money to acquire them and not take advantage of something like the popularity Call of Duty. I don't think so. I honestly like. I mean. Had the Bethesda thing gone differently, because they were like, "Yeah, Deathloop's going to come out on the PS5," because obviously it was developed as a PS5 exclusive. Mm. Like they were very quick to be like, "Starfield ain't coming out on a PlayStation." Like I think they'll do the same with Call of Duty. Because I were... wonder if it'll be Call of Duty or not. I don't know. There was a point in time, right, where I would have believed Microsoft in saying, "Like, oh well, we will put Call of Duty on every console the same way we always have." And that was like five, six years ago when Microsoft was just like, yeah, of course you should be able to cross-play Minecraft between platforms. Like, kids have consoles. It isn't their fault. We should oh, that, be... That's the current situation, isn't it, though? Yeah, it's, exactly. Mi- Minecraft is playable over everything. It is, yeah. Yeah. But, Tom Parry, that was a very different Microsoft. It was a, a Microsoft that didn't fucking own half of the git video game developers available and were clearly not selling Xbox Ones. I think a lot of that open source stuff is great, but I think they also want to sell hardware as long as, as well as systems and games. So yeah. let's see. Yeah, let's let, let's see how that one one pans out. We weren't going to talk about it, but as a little bit of a Tom attack bonus, we snuck it in there at the end. We did, we did, we did. Anyways, let's I stop talking it. about it because again, I don't really care. As he sa- as he rambles on about it for twenty minutes. <laughs> Anyways, 
If you like this podcast, besides the ramble, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast, at Tom Perry 11 for him, at Game Boy for me. And you can listen to it in a variety of places as well, such as on tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast, in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, on blastprocess.com. We are everywhere. We are coming in your ears from all directions. That sounds wrong, so I'm going to move past it. Um, Yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, um, let us know, as Tom said at the start of the podcast. Let us know. Give us a, you said that. <laughs> give us a cheeky rate and subscribe if you haven't already. But Please just let drop, us know you're listening. Please let us know. Just <laughs> drop us a tweet when Tom posts this. Just say, hi, I'm still alive, or hello. Um, or, it means a lot. I didn't like that episode very much. Yeah, let, let's talk about VR, please. I can guarantee that's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, Tom, always been a pleasure, mate, to podcast yes, with you, and I'll same. speak to you next week. Speak to you then. Until then, be sure, everybody, to game on. Game on. <laughs>